<laughs> yeah, we'll do it. We'll make it work. I'll figure it out. YOLO! It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's Superhero Slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's Superhero Slate! Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week, you can guess it, Superhero Slate is social distancing itself from everything. Yes. (laughs) We've been doing this for, how old are we now? 30-something years old? We're pros. We know how to handle ourselves on lockdown, Mike. Like we always do. And <laughs> Black Widow gave us its final trailer, which I think um, you might agree got kind of lost in the other news this week. Kind of mm-hmm. uh, pushed Definitely. It the front of the week. <laughs> and the box office sadly takes a huge tumble this weekend and more. Wow. What a. I don't know if I want to say a banner a week because I'm not exactly sure what a <laughs> banner is supposed to entail, but this has been really intense. It's a very strange moment just in the existence of humanity when the entire planet can kind of just share common ground on, you know, Mm -hmm. something, whether it's like a tragedy or whether it's, you know, any sort of a a news event. So that's just really weird on itself that just, you know, if we have any international listeners, like, you know, sometimes we talk about like American holidays and like time off and, you know, things like that might affect the box office over here in America. Now we're just talking about this global thing. It, it weirdly bringing people together under this, uh, I guess, banner of fear, if I want to bring that word back in. Yeah, I mean, like I said, um, I, I don't, I'm going to be honest, I don't understand the toilet paper thing yet. I'm working on it. Um, <laughs> it's, it's few and far between. Um, but, you know, I, I was able to, I, I wasn't able to, I didn't even think about it. I had to go to the grocery store this week, you know, right? This uh-huh. regular grocery store trip. Uh, but it wasn't too bad. Uh, I went to a Walmart, and it wasn't horrible, uh, believe it or not. But yeah, I've heard it's getting wild out there in some places. Ooh, so you make sure out here on the West Coast, it, it's 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 like a it's like fight or flight. Uh, I went to uh, I wanted you know it is it is the St. Patrick's Day holiday weekend here in in Woo-woo. the state in the states, and uh, I I don't know if the date shifts when you're actually over in, in uh, Ireland or not. Um, so I, I wanted to make a, a shepherd's pie. Uh, I was like, I, I, you know, celebrate the season. <laughs> Irish food is just very unctuous, and you really want comfort food in these times. So I was like, all right, I got to go out, and I got to get a couple ingredients. I don't have I don't have all of the stuff at my place right now. I got to go get some of it. So this was on, fri- this was on Friday. So I had to one grocery store. Uh, I can't even park in the parking lot. It, this is like the middle of the day because I was working from home. Uh, so I couldn't even get into the parking lot. I got so frustrated. So I went to uh, another neighboring grocery store, was able to get into that parking lot, but I was at this grocery store for one specific ingredient, and I was going to get the rest at the grocery store that's closest to our place, right across the street. Uh, Another parking lot fiasco that was a nightmare. And then when I walked in, there's no potatoes. No potatoes anywhere to be found. I hear people even asking for potatoes. No, we don't have any potatoes. They don't have any onions. Uh, All the bread is gone. So I just gave up. Like, I can't, I literally can't even make a 
shepherd's pie. So uh, I, I'm I'm not too too worried overall in the long term. Everybody, obviously, all the news came down on like Wednesday and Thursday of these uh, of these of these travel bans of the recommended isolation. So everybody just kind of ran at the stores all at once. I'm I'm guessing things will start to normalize next week. So. Um, Hopefully people out there stop panicking. But yeah, the thing that was the most annoying about the toilet paper, Chris, is when all of this uh, when all of this came down, we were just actually out of toilet paper. Like we were, we needed uh-huh. to actually buy more. So we got uh, some rolls from our neighbor across the street. Uh, thank you, uh, Maria and Susie, for loaning us that toilet paper. And the real MVPs. <laughs> yes. And when I was at the, um, I was at the pharmacy. I was at CVS the other day picking up a prescription. And so I was in their kind of prescription waiting area, which is in the back of the store, right next to where they store all of their products. Uh, beyond that, like a uh, that double door. And I see this lady roll out this gigantic uh, cart of toilet paper. So I just get, I just got up and I followed her to the front of the store where she was just placing the toilet paper on the. Ground. And I was like, I feel like I just wanted to tell everybody in the store that was looking at me. I am not a crazy person. I literally don't have toilet paper. This is the normal time of the month where we would buy more toilet paper in my household. So everyone, I just bought one packaging. I had, there was a limit of two. I could have bought two. I just bought one. So uh, people don't be crazy. I've been reading stories about people that went like state to state, bought all the hand sanitizer and is trying to like mark it up on Amazon. Uh, those people are the worst. I hate you, and uh, I hope um, well, I hope you have very inconvenient twenty twenties. This is going to tie in great to one of my things that happened this week, Mike. Um, Emerald City Comic Con was canceled. I think last yes. weekend, maybe we talked about it. And with Emerald City Comic Con being, I think, the third or fourth biggest convention in the country, mm-hmm. they have um, a very large cl- uh, number of exclusive Funko Pop finals for mm-hmm. everything. Okay. People buy these things in bulk and then put them online, and the same thing people are doing hand sanitizer from. So when I say, <laughs> hey, there's a commission-exclusive pop vinyl, I'm trying to find it, I sound like a crazy person, but I'm not. It's really the same situation that you're going through through hand sanitizer and right now. <laughs> I'm like, this is it. But, but it's you know more for non-necessity things. It's more for fun things. But I did get some cool Funkos this week, Mike. I will tell uh-huh. you right now. Um, I got a white... Cloaked Emperor, Doctor Doom looking dude. Uh, that one's pretty solid. Doctor uh, Doom looking dude. It is Doctor Doom, right? It is Doctor Doom, <laughs> okay. but like it's not the standard green one you're used to. He's all in okay. white, because um, he, he he goes by Emperor Doom or God Doom in this this form. All right. Uh, um, one of the coolest ones is it a GameStop exclusive? It's Thanos, the casual Thanos from Endgame, uh, and his arm is removable. Oh, <laughs> with the gauntlet, so it's, it's like uh, you can take his arm is off. It, like, you is got... it a- on the packaging? Is it actually called Casual Thanos? I believe so. Yeah, <laughs> I love the idea. Like, what do we call this? Well, I don't know. He's pretty. Uh, he's pretty chill right now. He's about to lose his arm, so I'd say it's pretty casual. Pretty casual, yeah. And his arm, I think. I don't know if it's magnetized or if it pops on there, but it comes right off. It's really cool <laughs> looking. Uh, they also. Um, uh, they come, they're starting to do some more X Men things with the X Men license being back at Marvel. So there's a Gambit pop now if you're big into Gambit, and um, Toad uh, was another one if you're you're familiar with the um, Toad character. He was played in the X Men first movie by the guy who played Darth Maul. Can't think of his name off the top of my head. Someone's yelling at me in, in the <laughs> distance. And lastly, non Marvel. I get my yearly non Marvel Funko. The Grand Budapest Hotel finally came out with their two Funkos. 
of Zero and then the main guy. So I'm very excited to get those in. Oh, would... great. Are they very, uh, very colorful? Do they come with any accessories? No, no accessories usually on the Funkos, um, but, but they are, it is a two pack. So I know that's pretty cool. Um, for those two, the other ones, you know, Gambit's classic comic Gambit, the one you remember from the X Men TV show, right? Mm-hmm. Not the X Men Origins Wolverine uh, version that nobody remembers happened. So I'm I'm, I'm pretty cool. I'm pretty pretty excited yeah, to get. You're, cool you're saying it's definitely not the uh, Channing Tatum Funko Gambit pop that uh, in an alternate universe might be out right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, I think um, that that movie gives me uh, real New Mutants vibes. We'll talk about that <laughs> later as well. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I think that was cool because they did an online version of the Funko release rather than a, a convention release. So that was interesting to see how they handled that in this trying times, Mike. But I got to watch two movies this week also on the opposite ends of the spectrum here. And I, we were talked about it earlier last week. I saw it after the show. I went and saw Onward, the latest uh-huh. Pixar film with Chris Pratt and Tom Holland. The last movie to ever be released in theaters, <laughs> depending on how the how the how the next weeks go. Exactly the the last no no Bloodshot came out this week, Mike. Uh, I think no one was going to see it anyways. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, Onward is it's a okay Pixar film, but you know honestly, I really expected more out of this movie. Um, being you know set in this if Dungeons and Dragons were kind of real thing and. They play Dungeons and Dragons it and you have, you know, the Jack Black version of Chris Pratt driving his van around on this mission to make their dad more than just legs for a day. And you know, it's got some touching moments in it and very heartfelt, but you know, honestly, there are better Pixar films, Mike. I don't know um why this one kind of fell to the wayside, but um I, I I think uh, you know the last few were a little more enjoyable. Yeah, well, so. I mean, uh, before the uh, coronavirus kind of uh, really attacked the box office in full force, I think this one got a pretty soft uh, reception when it came to box office dollars. Now, of course, whether it is or isn't part of uh, the pandemic, uh, you know, Disney's going to use that as an excuse no matter what, if anything underperforms. Really, any studio has that uh, has that option. If a movie performs bad, they can just blame it on uh, environmental uh, 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 outside sources, but yeah, I saw that Onward kind of did underperform. I think if you look at the chart of all of the Pixar movies, I think it does have the worst opening weekend. But also, uh, Coco also had a really bad, uh, or not bad, but it had a relatively low opening weekend, and then it ganged and picked up steam and uh, did gangbusters yeah. uh, everywhere else that it went. But it doesn't look like now the path moving forward. I don't think Onward's going to have that chance. Uh, so, I mean, we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but it does make me wonder how long is it going to take until a film like Onward uh, shows up on Disney Plus? Yeah, um. <laughs> it, it, it could it could speed along. It could not. I mean, it's interesting because you know the other Pixar film they're coming out with another this year, Soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have it in our notes here, but this trailer came out Thursday. Why would you put the trailer out a week after the its own production company released a big movie? Yeah, you think you would have put it in front of Onward, right? Yeah, like, hey, make sure you know, Pixar, this isn't the only Pixar movie this year. But I I think it's an okay film. I think it's just generic. And, you know, a lot of the, the ones I do enjoy from Pixar are original stories. And this one didn't feel original. It felt derivative of something bigger at the mm. end of the day. So 
uh, maybe like a never-ending story kind of thing. So yeah, it'll be. I'm kind of curious because I did watch that trailer for Soul, and it does make me wonder: is that going to feel derivative of Inside Out? Just because it feels like you know, it's definitely along the same tones. It's about kind of like this other metaphysical world of like the person. So um, I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to see where where yeah. uh, Pixar goes moving forward. Either way, no matter what happens. Um, Pixar has never really had the best track record for cutting trailers. Yeah, I think exactly. in both of our opinions. So the the new Soul trailer that came out was you know it was it was okay, but I don't know for some reason they those they never just really grabbed me. It seems like they're using like just different sets of uh, uh, kind of just rules and landmarks when they're cutting their trailers. I don't know. Maybe things will change uh, now that uh, Disney is just just more in charge of everything than usual. I don't know. Yeah, it, it could be, or they'll just continue never to cut trailers for us. They'll cut trailers for children, and, <laughs> and we will never get a good trailer, but possibly a good movie. Are you trying to tell me these animated uh, movies are uh, for children, Chris, and not specifically for a 30-year-old man? And specifically, yes. Okay. <laughs> a, a childless 30-year-old old man, indeed, is not for you. Um, the other movie I got to watch uh, is on the other end of the spectrum. If you want a, you know... Um, have you ever seen the movie Crank, Mike? Uh, I have not seen Crank, no. Okay, it's that Jason Statham, very balls-to-the-wall action sequence, unbelievable scenario, but man, is that like a popcorn-turn-your-brain-off kind of thriller? Then Guns Akimbo with Daniel Radcliffe is for you. <laughs> um, this is, you know, we've talked about seeing this photo before where Daniel Radcliffe has the guns in his hands and he's in the bathrobe and the bear slippers, right? That is uh-huh. from the filming of this movie, and it is a world where... Uh, hyper violence. Um, you know, they they go and pick these losers, and then they put them in this you know f- fight to the death kind of uh, scenario across the world with against other people, and the winner you know wins and moves on to the next thing. And Daniel Radcliffe, uh, to, to put it nicely, he 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 pissed off the wrong people and was put into this situation uh, that he didn't choose to be in. And I, I mean, you know, uh, we watched it last night, um, you know, in the evening, and I was like, I didn't know what to think going in, but I'm like, it's pretty all right for. You're just turning your brain off and seeing the stupid action movie. Uh, it's, it's, for what it's, it a is. Good, it's a good quarantine movie. It is a great palate cleanser. <laughs> uh, if you want something that, that's really weird and you know is um, it, it's it's try, I think trying to make some social commentary about people being on their phones and watching too much you know live streams, but at the same time. This was wild stuff, so the, I, I the, think it was a good time. The tone of the movie kind of reminds me of – I haven't watched it yet, but the tone. Have you seen Clive Owen's Shoot 'em Up, that it movie? Is, it, is, it is like Shoot 'em Up, but I think more towards outlandishness of that. But like in that one, okay. Shoot 'em Up, he is very specific on what he's doing. Mm-hmm. In this other one, Daniel Radcliffe has no idea what he's doing. Oh, man, um, Shoot 'em Up was so good. I, I fondly think about that movie every yeah. once in a while, and I go, "Does anybody remember this movie? Oh movie yeah, with the carrot and the eye. I think that's probably the most iconic moment from that film. Was, was it the sex scene in the tank while they're shooting people around them? As oh well? yeah, there was a sex scene <laughs> in the tank. <laughs> well, while shooting people, it was. It's, yeah. That one's off the wall, but I think this leans more into Crank, where it literally it put like it it delivers you into the movie within the first five minutes. Then the gas pedal is down the whole time. Yeah, the, whole the way thing, you're so. describing it is I'm imagining kind of like the 30-second TV spot that tells people to buy the movie or go see it. And then there's a quote that splashes on the screen from like some indie uh, movie blog that says, High Octane. That seems like the type of quote that uh, this movie is looking to put on their poster. It would. If you get a chance to, 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 to watch it, and it's only an hour and a half, which is great, you know, uh, one and done. It's it's definitely interesting. Um, 
So I, I, I recommend if you're looking for something fun and stupid. And you it. might be able to trick your significant other into watching it because it has Harry Potter in it. Yeah, Harry that's Potter. Gonna, that's going to be my plan. I'm just going to tell my wife, yeah, Daniel Radcliffe's in it. I, I know you really like him, so we're going to go watch this. Uh, and he's got – oh, my wife's going to be like, wait, there's gun staple to his hand. What's going on here? Too late. Yeah. We already hit play. It's only 90 minutes long. Just hold, yeah. hold on. Yeah, just just <laughs> here's some popcorn. Just munch on it, man. Just go for it. So, <laughs> that's what I recommend. But, Mike – you get a work from home. I'm not on a work from home basis yet, but you have been. Uh, what What does that look like for you? How have you been filling in some of your free time and well, ba- without going to looking for <laughs> basically uh, be- between projects and between emails? I get the ability to turn on my uh, PlayStation and uh, download stuff. And uh, if anybody's been listening to this podcast for the last couple of years, uh, you can tell me and Chris like a good deal, and there's no better deal than free. And right now there's a free demo uh, for Final Fantasy VII, which I think is pretty cool in general for like the kind of the current state of video games, because right now either you pay full price for a game or it's like a freemium and you get the whole game. There's really not a whole lot of market anymore for like demos of games. Like they just want you to buy the game. They just hype it up enough in marketing and they don't even need to put out a demo. But the really cool thing about this is I very, uh, very uh, specifically remember playing the original Final Fantasy demo because uh, the first generation of PlayStation was all about the demo disc. You would go to Papa John's or Pizza Hut and they would give you a freaking demo disc for video games with your pizza, which is just crazy. Uh, you uh, you would get like, if you bought like seven two liters of Pepsi, you could like send in for a demo disc. They were just... Mm-hmm. Oh, they were that, giving, two, that two major <laughs> man? They were just giving them out for any reason. So there was a Final Fantasy demo on one of those discs and I think the greatest thing about this Final Fantasy 7 uh, remake demo, it is the exact same part of the game that you're demoing. It starts off getting off the train and then it ends with the uh, with the timed escape after you blow up the reactor but now you're playing in this whole new gameplay style so I, I've heard I've heard uh, from uh, other people that there is a version where you can still play turnstile I, I'm not yep. sure I didn't I didn't look into that I was more curious about the new gameplay because if you're gonna remake a game give me something new and interesting so I'm, I'm gonna play this new kind of real-time uh, strategy um, uh, role playing game, and it it's it, they they start you off pretty pretty slow. They're like, oh, basically you're just going to be hitting square to slash these people up. Okay, I'm managing that. There's a new uh, wave of enemies. Okay, now you can dodge and you can roll and you can block. Okay, that's great. They're showing me how to use spells. Uh, when you go into the menu to use items or use spells, I thought it was just pausing all of the action. But if you look at your screen, you've kind of just slowed everything down like you're like a speedster from the Flash. You can still see your enemies moving, but just like a little bit. And if somebody fired a bullet at you, you can just slowly see it come to you. So you have like a little bit of extra time to kind of make these uh, finer tuned decisions. And then about halfway through the demo, you get people added to your party, which is when things start to get a little hectic. Uh, I, I would think once you play the full game, this stuff will be uh, hoisted on you a little bit slower. But I had to like swap over to Barrett so I could use his gun for long long range attacks, and then I would have to swip, uh, go back to Cloud so I could use a sword to fight this. So it was very crazy. It was very hectic, very action packed. I'll use like the yep. same words that we were using for guns akimbo: high octane. Oh, high quotes. octane energy, man, man. <laughs> 
That's awesome. But man, because I knew once I got towards the end of this demo, I was going to be fighting like a big spider robot with a tail because that's what happens in the original demo down by the reactor. And sure enough, I get down there and man, uh, shit hits the fan. Uh, pardon my French. Uh, but now instead of just normal turn-based style... Uh, there's like these two platforms I have to run against. The freaking spider bot flies on the wall. Then I need to switch to my guns and hit him long range. The shield comes up. I got to shoot down the shield and I got to switch over the cloud and I got to start slicing them. And then this whole battle takes for this whole battle like itself took me like 25 minutes of going back and forth. I use all of my potions. I'm out of potions. I keep dying. Oh, wait, uh, Barrett has a cure spell. What does cure do? I don't have any poisons. Oh, wait, no cure uh, restores my my uh, my health. Okay, so as long as I have ethers i can get my health up so i'm going back and forth i'm just like using every last resource i have to kill it so once i finally kill this thing it actually feels like a very very uh uh high <laughs> high degree of uh, uh success just like flowing through your body um it's that feeling of accomplishment like mm-hmm. really achieving like a task so it was really fun uh i can't imagine just how like one of these final boss uh, battles will go in this game because i played final fantasy 7 way 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 back in the day and i got that you know that final boss at the end is like this gigantic monster and i can't imagine how long it's going to take to beat something like that if the first boss takes me 25 minutes to beat so i can't imagine just these really crazy long out battles that you got to plan for swapping between people so yeah, if you have a PlayStation, go check out the Final Fantasy VII and, demo. It's really crazy. And how much is that demo? It's free, baby. Absolutely free. That's how I like it. So mm. I'm going to give that a try. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to tell you right now, I've never played Final Fantasy VII. Uh, Ooh. I started with eight. So, but I did watch a lot of these demos whenever they had like um, when previously when E3 was a thing and not canceled. Um, I, I watched the demos on it, so it looks very exciting. So I, I'm hoping well, to get that downloaded. Well, right also, I've never really, pl- I don't really know exactly what this style of game is called because it's not turn-based combat. It's like free, it's like free roaming combat. But it, mm. you know, it's not like a, it's not like a Sekiro or like a Jedi Fallen Order really type of thing. Like when pe- when enemies pop up on the screen, you have engaged in battle and you're able to like draw out your sword. So it's it's almost kind of like a third person slasher. Yeah, I, I don't well, know. I think Final Fantasy 15 took this kind of approach, and I think uh-huh. possibly even 13 a little bit did. So yeah, it, it's it's a newer take on the turn base without having to be completely turn based. But uh-huh. um, as we, we we talked about, you know, again in our group chats, there's classic mode where you can go back to the turn-based if, mm-hmm. you're, if you're I mean, the so graphic, I mean, the graphics are beautiful. You're dealing with the original Final Fantasy VII story, which is uh, which I would say is pretty relevant in today's day and age. The story's not too hard to follow. Um, this was kind of, uh, you know, sometimes Japanese storytelling uh, can get really crazy and intense and hard to follow. I mean, just play any Metal Gear game. Uh, but I would say this, uh, when this game was made, the stories were a little bit more toned down, easier to follow follow so I, I think i'm actually going to pick this one up uh it, it seems like it's going to be in its several different parts so yeah. the first part is going to be taking place just within the yeah. confines of the city but i think i'm okay with that and you know this is one of the things we always talk about remake versus remastered this is not a mm-hmm. remaster like might put the last of us remastered which is an uh, same story same gameplay just higher fidelity graphics this is a truly 
Final Fantasy VII in a different style with different gameplay with different story beats and stuff like that. So yeah, I mean, speaking of uh, Last of Us, we don't usually uh, uh, cover all of these things on the show, but Last of Us has been picked up by HBO with the creators mm-hmm. of uh, Chernobyl to work on a series, which is uh, which is pretty crazy. If uh, if you ever if you're ever curious about writing, whether it's uh, whether it's for television or films, or you just want to hear Hollywood writers uh, chat, there's a podcast called Script Notes. Where uh, the the creator of and the showrunner for Chernobyl is one of the co-hosts, and he on the most recent episode he talked very briefly about the uh, process of kind of getting the Last of Us TV show together, and he's kind of a, a gamer himself, so he knew how important and special the storytelling was in the Last of Us, and he thought this was a project that was never going to come to fruition just because it's kind of it's such the cream of the crop when it comes to storytelling in video games, the Last of Us, so. Um, I guess at one point in time there was a feature in development for The Last of Us, but yeah. uh, he uh, he agreed that the, a series is the best way to go because it's all about the development of well, a story and a relationship that grows over time, which works really well for a series. And like Mike, I've told Mike before, don't get your hopes up too hard because look at the um, – Nathan Drake series <laughs> how that's going for everybody the, uh, the the only caveat I would say is since this is HBO slash AT&T slash Warner Media money that is launching a streaming service and will need content there might be enough money and force of will to actually get this one made but yes like Chris has said uh, don't get your hopes up when it comes to adaptations of any video yeah, game yeah my Halo series has been working on for like five years I haven't seen <laughs> nothing of that yet so. are you I mean I know you have alternate means of getting getting your content, but would a Halo show be enough for you to open up the registration screen over at Showtime and get a Showtime subscription? Yes. Yes, it would for that, that the, the period that that show was actually available. <laughs> While uh, you hear that, folks, that's enough. Wow, Halo is enough to get Chris to subscribe to a streaming service. Exactly. Well, I bought, um, they did the episodes for it well, with uh, Mike Coulter, the guy who played Luke Cage in a show. Uh-huh. Um Several years ago, when Halo Five was coming out, and they like I think it was on Xbox, and you had to buy it or something like that, and I, I bought into it. You know, you support the things you like, Mike. You support the things you like, but you know, we're we're just killing time here because our news this week was really shot, um, <laughs> shot really bad. Because we're gonna go through, and I'm gonna talk a little bit about the you know what we had with the. Uh, coronavirus, the COVID nineteen stuff, all the cancellations going on. Man, here. I mean, this is a little inside baseball, but the the group chat all week was just nothing but uh, posting <laughs> updates of what was canceled. Like, it seemed like every hour there was something new that came down the pipeline. Yeah, exactly, and you know, this is one of those things where we're, we'll talk about here. Where you know, the, the top of this is for the nerds. The bottom parts where the the athletic people are starting to suffer. Like, we're all suffering together in this, Mike. Mm. No one's no one's off the hook. Uh, the first biggest one, the first casualty I think of this was ECCC, Emerald City Comic Con in Seattle. Again, one of the top five Comic Cons. Um, they rescheduled for August, so uh-huh. they actually got a reschedule and cancel, so that's really good for them. What will that look like in August? What Will will this permanently shift everything six months forever, or is this only for this year? Yeah, that's, big thing. that's a good question. Also, this is an interesting time for these uh, shows and experiences to kind of experiment because what if ECC goes really, really well in August, and maybe the con schedule just kind of gets shifted down the line and be like, hey, you know, we things went really well in August for us. It was really easy to schedule lots of things, so I don't know, maybe, maybe, some, uh, maybe some good will come out of all this but 
Yeah, just last week we were talking on the show where we were trying to track Emerald City Comic Con. Uh, the last we spoke, they were offering free refunds, and they just had way too many. They had way too many free refunds, and they just they had to make a decision. So, uh, but now it makes a little bit more sense in the climate of everything else being canceled. So uh, this was this was the right call to make. Uh, the gathering yeah. would be too large. I, I mean, we barely miss it for C two E two, Mike. Mm-hmm. Like, had that been a week later, I'd been a little concerned. Oh, about, oh, about yeah. It. I would. I wouldn't be surprised at all if C two E two would have been canceled if it happened just yeah. a week or so later. And also, it's good to note just within the the context of the landmass of the of the United States, uh, ECC is up in uh, Seattle, and I believe. I haven't looked at the statistics recently, but I think that was like one of the first states hit, and I think it still is one of the hardest states hit when it comes to um, when it comes to uh, testing confirmation up there. So it makes sense that they had to make a, a decision, maybe a little bit harsher than somebody else might have to do. Yeah, exactly. But in that regard, not only did con- and we'll talk about some more conventions in a little bit, but I think the biggest news here is Disney stepped up they they're closing their parks mike which i think Uh this is what the fourth time in history they've ever closed their parks but they also pushed back two i think two really solid moneymaker films in the next couple weeks here um including mulan which would have been a huge moneymaker and the new mutants movie which you know can't catch a break no matter which way it goes. <laughs> wow, yeah, this is just really crazy. So if we if we want to point to Mulan here first, this one makes a lot of sense. Even if the virus never, even if somehow it never could have made it to the states, if it never uh, would have um, been a problem here, I mean, they were gonna get all of this from international box office revenue, and like China yeah. has been in lockdown for like uh, two months now. So uh, it made sense that Mulan at least could have had been postponed internationally, and we could have got our u.s debut they even had their premiere like i i follow some people on instagram that were like at the premiere party so i was like oh well this is yeah. a awkwardly time because i think that might have been like on tuesday possibly wednesday so they got in just under the gun there when it came to large gatherings of uh, groups for sure but man new mutants is the story for sure the thing i was thinking in the back of my head was if disney really really wants to put this movie under the rug and just let it vanish they would just let it come out just kind of like a bloodshot and no one would really remember it and we would forget all about it but now it's kind of tied to uh COVID 19 so it makes me wonder was new mutants canceled just because disney has to treat all of its releases equally so it doesn't look like it's playing favorites or there's this little seed chris there's uh-huh. this little seed growing in the back of my head that's starting to think is new mutants a little bit more than what we believe it is is there something in this movie that's going to grow into the mcu and we just don't know it yet i mean i was going through I was looking at the Wikipedia article for this movie because this movie needs a Wikipedia page at this point in time just to follow all the craziness with production. And early on in the production process, I had kind of forgotten about this, but uh, uh, the the creator of the film uh, was saying uh, that he really wanted this movie to kind of be standalone in the vein of, like, Deadpool. Obviously not as fantastical and as uh, rated R as Deadpool, but he he really wanted to set this in its kind of own universe and not attach it to any other mutants. Uh, so it, it, it does make me wonder, since this movie was so isolated from the very beginning, maybe it does possibly have a future... So I don't think maybe a lot of the 
characters might have a future in the MCU. It seems like since this movie is so old and they have all grown up and move on to other things and they're making other deals and contracts out there in Hollywood, you know, maybe one, maybe two of them could possibly pop up future in the MCU. But it seems like maybe if we just introduce the idea, this nugget of mutants, even if it's isolated enough, who knows, maybe something could stem off uh, from this. But it just makes me think, Chris, if this was such a throwaway movie, why didn't they just why, well, why either just release it and put it out there in the world, or maybe I mean we could talk about some uh, earned will of maybe just dropping it on a streaming service, just like hey, well, we couldn't put this out in theaters, but here it is on Hulu. I, I don't think so. I think they want. I think there is more to this movie in terms of like it's not probably as bad of a movie as we're expecting. Um, you know, Fox made some real bad stuff, but this guy seems to have been able to make a movie he wanted to make rather than, um, what was that last one we got? Dark Phoenix, which just, you know, <laughs> sucked the, sucked the wind out of any sales any, any of those X-Men movies had going for it. Apocalypse didn't help it either. Uh, but maybe like, you know, this is actually a, a half decent or better film that were, you know, they were like, Hey, you know what? There is an opportunity here. A lot of the public doesn't understand the MCU movies. They're going to go watch a mutant movie no matter what. So the average viewer can still make us some money on this film, and we can release it later. I don't think everyone wants everything to come to streaming because it's not in theaters. They they have to make money somehow. Um, you know the um, you know we talk we talk about this, but it's not on our notes. But um, Disney uh, moved up uh, the Rise of Skywalker digital release. Uh, it was supposed to be later this week, and they put it on yesterday um, because you know people are home. And they they'll you know they're likely to buy movies. So. You know, I think if anything, it would go to a paid first to make some recoup some money. That way, it's not a complete write off. But I, I still think this is going to come out in theaters. When will will it fill up that late summer we were talking about not having? What day will it pick? Will every movie get shifted around? And yeah. everything get re- released later? Are we going to see more competing weekends? I don't. I don't know at this yeah, point. I mean that that is the huge question right now because. Um, a lot of the dates seem to be really, really flexible just with everything when it comes to the virus. So, like I said, I am working from home, and a lot of other really well-known organizations are working from home, like Twitter and all of these big tech companies up in the Bay Area have all been slotted to work from home. But we haven't really seen a whole lot of dates of when people are supposed to return, and I think that's telling for a lot of things in general. I mean, my wife works in the entertainment industry. She's working on a TBS show right now, and uh, she's just hearing nothing. Uh, she's just hearing nothing but productions being halted, people working from home, which can be difficult for TV production in general. Which is why a lot of this stuff is just being halted and delayed. Like production has stopped on uh, Riverdale, uh, which is a show that only has like three episodes left to do in its in in its season. And it does make you wonder how long will that show get delayed for? Are people just going to take a break for two weeks? Because theoretically, that's how long you should be quarantining yourself for a virus. And then the whole machine will kick back up and just things are going to air on television two weeks late. Um, I mean, I've checked out some like predictive models that have been on um, uh, like the New York Times put out like a predictive model of the virus and they say it's supposed to be peaking in July which is really crazy so uh, are these interventions supposed to be lasting through the summer so yeah that's a really really good question Um, uh, I mean one film that's took the biggest delay out there and pushed it all the way to the next calendar year is the next Fast and the Furious movie which was supposed to be coming out very soon and they didn't just push it till October. They didn't push it to the end of the summer. They pushed it to, I believe, 
Fast and Furious 10's release slot, which was supposed to be next year, which I didn't realize Fast 10 was supposed to come out so soon, um, which is really crazy. So I guess maybe Fast 9 maybe was supposed to be kind of like a subtle part one, possibly. So yeah, I think that's what yeah. they've always said. They were a part one and part two kind of deal. But I mean, like a whole year... Yeah, you know, what 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 can you do in a year? Do you just then do you, instead of fast ten, do you just put it out six months later rather than a year? Because you can technically make it in the same amount of time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe you give um, maybe you give people the fast franchise. Maybe you give them a treat of possibly releasing two movies in one year, a part one and a part two. I don't know because if production has just pretty much halted in Hollywood for everything, part two. You know, Fast and Furious Ten maybe can't even get off the ground and start filming because of oh. all this mayhem. You know, but, it, but if, if I mean, if you push everything back a year, it w- I don't think it'd be a year before they started filming if they would normally get ready for Fast Ten. I'm just waiting for the next. Do- What's the next domino to fall, Mike? I mean, uh-huh. the first one, you know, conventions canceling. The second one, all production stops. Now, when do these things actually get to be released? Um, and does that take the place of something else, or does every like we said earlier? What's that shift look like? And, and you know, are we going to see a, a permanent change because of these shifts? Because what was it? I think was it Bond was the first movie to say, no, thank yeah. you. We're going to November. Yeah, which uh, yeah, which we said uh, last week kind of fits with some other James Bond releases. So it's not too out of the yeah. out of the ordinary for James Bond. I mean, uh, I was looking forward to going to the theaters. Uh, I believe it was this weekend, right, to see The Quiet Place 2. Yes. Um, I mean, we were going to be taking precautions. We were going to be like, okay, we're not going to get any concessions because that's interacting with people at a counter. We're just going to walk in. We're not going to touch anything. We're going to sit down in the chair, you know, bring in some hand sanitizing wipes to wipe down the chairs. Um, I saw a headline uh, that AMC is limiting its ticket sales and they're cutting their... They're, uh, they're cutting yep. their their theater sales, I believe, in, in half. Yeah, 50%, because I was going to go watch Bloodshot, then I was like, mm-hmm. eh, I don't think it's a good time to go. But half the seats are marked off, so you can only get, you know, you can only sell as, half as many tickets yeah. as they were before. And uh, my local theater that we go to is a Cinemark, so I went online to see how they were doing it. The, the same thing, they were reducing their occupancy. But the weird thing that they did was is they they lifted their assigned seating. So basically, they're, they're only going to sell half the number of seats in any given auditorium, but it's open seating now, which I do not like. But I guess there's less competition. Definitely. Even if you think uh, uh, you're going to sell all the tickets, that's still only 50% full. More than likely, these uh, auditoriums are only going to be like maybe 20% full with people not going out in public. Uh, So it makes me wonder if you have the ability to do like a signed seating in a digital map situation, it seems like you should just go in there and be like, okay, well, nobody can buy these seats and nobody can buy these seats, but they can buy the seats in the middle. So I don't know. But uh, yeah, make sure you're staying six feet away from people if you're going to movie theater. And I guess you'll, unfortunately, anyway so that's (laughs) easy for me yeah and also you hate movie theater snacks because they make too much noise so this is the perfect time for you chris yeah i know i wish i wish they were releasing movies during this to watch man this this really has to suck for theaters because they make all of their money from concession stands and that's the one thing that people would probably be avoiding from a movie theater experience if they wanted to kind of stay quarantined yeah or just don't go to the movie theater i think people are going they're going to get snacks anyway i don't think 
anyone who's going to the theater is worried about quarantine because that's that can build a lot of bodies in one place. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, what's the biggest complaint everyone has had about uh, about the streaming wars and all these different options is there's so much to watch and not enough time. Well, now the equi- now the equation is starting to invert where you have so much more time. I mean, I'm I'm working through the Clone Wars. I started back up on Adventure Time just yesterday because I'm so close to finishing Adventure Time. I only got like one season left, so I kicked that back up again. I think before we started recording the podcast, I. I said I might finally go back and finish season two of Westworld since season three is airing tonight. So mm. uh, if you got a lot of time, I mean, I suppose you could do things productive with your life, but I think I might just watch TV. Yeah, well, <laughs> must be fucking nice, Mike. <laughs> um, on that note, also other things are being uh, canceled, such as the Razzie Awards have been postponed, possibly canceled this year. Um, you know, for the worst movie ever. Awards, a uh, WonderCon Anaheim. That's another big one in California, right? That's a, mm-hmm. I think that's is that in San Diego as well. That's the other. No, uh, WonderCon is actually a very very close to uh, Disneyland. Uh, okay. Sometimes D twenty three will use the same uh, convention center for uh, you know D twenty three or I think some uh, Star Wars yeah. celebrations have been held there. That was kind of a t- very telling one because uh, the governor of California, uh, when he released his precautions on uh, can gathering gatherings larger than 250 people he said specifically that disneyland is its own weird beast and these rules don't apply to disneyland but it only took them about 24 hours for disney to go nope we got to close so it makes sense that WonderCon would be canceled um So, yeah, because they're all kind of within that same city. That city is yeah. really going to be taking a, a screeching halt and, down there. And WonderCon is the other half of Comic-Con International. That This is like they have two conventions. WonderCon is one of them. Mm-hmm. San Diego Comic-Con is the other one. So they, they will definitely, um, you know, they're, they're tied to that. Uh, CinemaCon, which, you know, you may not think of. We get a lot of movie trailers at CinemaCon. We get a yeah, lot of leaks there usually. Um, that's canceled, so that was kind of disappointing for me. Um, Do you know when uh, uh, CinemaCon usually takes place? I think I think it's April, mid-April. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, it looks like possibly the end of March. I Google. It's hard to Google yeah. when things are supposed to happen now because when you Google it, you just get news articles of things being canceled. But I, I believe uh, like end of March was around that. Time. Yeah, yeah, you, end of March, beginning of April. I, it's usually mid-April is when I, I figure stuff comes out of that. Mm-hmm. I always like that one dropping. Uh, E three, which is I think in June. Um, they've uh-huh. gone, they've gone ahead and, and called it. Nixed it, yeah. which was which is probably the farthest thing out at this point. I believe. Yeah, this was a. I would say this was an interesting bit of an announcement because a lot of industry people kind of have this loathing for E3 because they just don't like the vibe of the convention anymore, and they don't like to have to they have to take the time out of their day to go to these uh to go to these things. So I've seen some people happy that E3 has been canceled, and they just want people to do more Nintendo Direct style presentations where they don't have to leave leave their house to uh see their video games uh being announced and released but yeah like you said this was a big one because this is so far out this is june this is definitely 100 percent in summer people making these big calls um which leads us to the uh, a really big question of what's going to happen to Comic-Con. Uh, kind of one of the biggest nerd outings of the entire year uh, could be canceled. Uh, it's hard for me to imagine Comic-Con being postponed because it's such a gigantic beast that relies on so much scheduling. It, so it, I'm imagining a scenario where it gets pushed and just a lot of people just don't show up. You know, a lot of the booths are empty. A lot of big corporations just, you know, uh, we had everything 
everything planned for July. Everyone's schedules got moved. We just can't make it. So I could see something as big as Comic-Con just not happening in, in 2020, which is nuts considering I think I, I'm remembering back to our first episode of this calendar year 2020 where we were so optimistic saying, oh, humans just like round numbers, 220s after another. This is going to be our year. And man, just watch all of this stuff just fall out of the sky. Yeah, and and who knows what's how long this will be affected? You know, June, July. Will we see stuff through that that the summer months be mm-hmm. be affected? Um, on the other side, you know, sports people. The XFL, one of the newer um, things um, this year, they've canceled the rest of their season. Uh, that's uh-huh. been done. That's not good for a first time season of a, of a sport. The NCAA tournament was uh, going to be audience free, and now it's completely uh, postponed or canceled. Which uh, the- <laughs> All those marketing things that are out there are just yeah. I only I only laugh because when I think of tournaments, I just think of I just think of bookies and people placing bets. And do you think uh, there's just this crazy bet that no one ever takes that says the tournament won't happen? Well, what are the odds on that? Well, I'm giving you like one to a billion odds because the ad- odds that the NCAA tournament's not going to happen are just catastrophically uh, infinitesimal. So they're just like, oh yeah, I'll take that bet. Are you sure you want to put a hundred? dollars down on this bet yeah 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 yeah. i'll take it and then that person just has all of the money now because that bookie's broke so uh yeah i guess people well if they're gambling addicts they might save some money this uh this spring yeah they could we had literally on monday set up uh our office tournament for this and then on tuesday it was done yeah Uh, so that that didn't go over uh yeah, I mean, if I want if I wanted to be uh, sad and melancholy about it, I, I, it wouldn't be very hard. I mean, just imagine all of these students who probably are in their last year of eligibility for playing college ball. They're not going to be able to play this tournament. This is the time where they would really be putting their face out there uh, for recruitment into the N- to the uh, the NBA, which is a very small pool. I mean, at least uh, at least with the NFL, you have a lot more players on the field, so there's a lot more positions to be hired for. But man. This is this is going to suck. And I think a, a really big open-ended one is the Olympics, another sporting event that literally brings everybody from all of these different continents into one location, which sounds like the worst possible thing to do during a pandemic. Um, I, uh, my, uh, my entertainment side of my brain just went off when people have been talking about the Olympics, and I go, oh, man, poor Peacock, the streaming service that was launching on the back of the Olympics, hoping people would sign up so they could watch Shot Put, and now... Uh, what are they launching with? Like, uh, I don't uh, the office. You can finally stream the office again with Peacock. Oh, that's yeah. a little weak. <laughs> oh, no, they want you to, man. They want you to. But I mean, that's that's the thing. You know, what does this? What does all look? I mean, everyone is is just we're just any movie, any TV show productions. You know, done for two weeks, three weeks. Will that? Will they make up this time? Do they already have this built in, or will we we will will we see those um, delays? Because I'm. I don't know. It's the, it's a very uncertain time, Mike, and it's bothering me. Yeah, I so. mean, I don't have to make this recommendation for anybody, you know, that's like under the age of uh, that's under the age of like twenty out there because they're all doing this anyway. But this is a really, really good time to go out there and start to experiment with uh, YouTube channels or experiment which with Twitch streamers, with podcasts, the, yeah, <laughs> with podcasts, <laughs> cough, cough, cough. Because I mean, these are all individual creators that don't require these 
big uh, armies of people uh, to show up all in one location to create content. So I've been really enjoying a lot of uh, the podcasts that uh, I listen to because these small bootstrap teams pulling themselves up, making uh, making fun stuff. Uh, there's a lot of great YouTube YouTube channels that I love that are just small independent people that can just keep cranking out content during this quarantine, which is great. So this is a good opportunity out there if you if you are financially stable during this crisis to kind of open up your wallets, go find people's Patreon accounts, go find their uh, coffee pages. Uh, which is spelled with a K, uh, and just uh, you know, you know, throw them a couple bucks, uh, encourage them to keep making content, um, because even people over on YouTube that rely on ads, I gotta imagine that over this quarantine, a lot of ad spending is mm-hmm. possibly gonna go down. Maybe well, not for the streaming services, because man, boy, now is it a time to be a streaming service because uh, just start pushing that stuff all day. People are nothing but if at home ready to watch your content. Well, it's it's as as a marketing director, my ad spend is definitely being tossed in different directions now because we uh-huh. focus on horse events, and those horse events may or may not be canceled or pushed back, especially the Kentucky Derby this year, uh-huh. uh, which is one of our biggest things. So, like, I I don't know what that looks like yet, but we're gonna be figuring it out here. Also, I have to apologize. I'm getting a little yeah, it's a little bit of a noise here. Apparently, someone's mowing. Or weeding or pressure washing outside my window. Um, the house next door just went up for sale on Saturday. So um, there's something well, going out here that was not going on literally when we started. It sounds like they're, they're weed eating right now. So that's I apologize. All right. we'll, we'll add it to the ambiance of the podcast. Yeah. Uh, we, we are real we, people. We haven't heard trains stuff. in how long, Mike? I mean, years since we had train sounds. You know, I th- I think I think people can easily put up with noises in the background as long as they know it's not some sort of a, a technical issue that we're not aware of. These are yeah. outside circumstances. That person should be inside quarantining themselves. It is Get away. forty degrees outside. Who is mowing their lawn at forty degrees, Mike? This, that's Get away from that grass. This is don't go inside. Spend time with your family. You no, might not. No have one lives them. here. I don't know what's <laughs> happening. It's it's for sale. So. Well, yeah. go back to your other home. Uh, no one's buying houses right now. They're not. We're not allowed to go outside. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the worst time to move. Interest rates are super low, though. If you're thinking about buying, so <laughs> that's the problem. All right, new mutants. We were talking about it earlier. I want to just go ahead and throw this out there. Uh, the the director has been out saying, you know, you know, the movie was about to come out, so they're probably doing pre press release tours. And now that Antonio Banderas was actually already cast as a sequel in the villain. Um, so uh, he was going to play Emmanuel de Costa, the father of the character Sunspot, who's actually in the movie, Roberto uh, de Costa. So um, that would have been fun to have Antonio Banderas as a villain in a thing. Yeah, Antonio Banderas, he's a pretty uh, hes a pretty heavy hitter. A lot of people know him by name. Uh, maybe he was too big of a face for New Mutants. I guess possibly the script just took another direction. Um, well, I wonder there's, no, there's no sequel, that's why. Like, yeah, so <laughs> so much for Antonio. I love Antonio Banderas. I uh, I watched a lot of um, his version of Zorro uh, back in the day. I think that was either early 2000s or maybe late 90s. Late, I think late 90s. He was yeah. on the back of, uh, what was that, the... Um, the guitar playing hitman uh, desperado yeah yeah oh man antonio banderas what a uh what a time to watch that movie when you're a child desperado because there is a a, a graphic scene in that film that uh some little boys might find out if they're truly men 
<laughs> when they watch that scene. Well, okay, this uh, show's right. going off anyway. the rails. <laughs> all right, well, that's fine. All right, and on top of that, you know, with New Mutants being canceled, the box office this weekend is looking at a 20 to 22-year low. Um, I was looking at the numbers a second ago. Um, the highest movie this weekend was Onward with, like, $10.3 million. Uh-huh. Right behind it was um, something else. I don't remember what it was. But then Bloodshot was, like, $9.3 million. Like, nothing's getting hardly over 10 right now. So this is going to uh-huh. be, you know, the next two to three weeks while theaters are reducing their numbers, I think no one's just going to go out and watch them. So Yeah, I think we'll have more, we'll have kind of more conclusions to draw on next week's episode uh, once all the final numbers are out and we can kind of really take a look at them and analyze it. Because like we said last week, we were still kind of dabbling in this idea of a pandemic. People were still going to the movie theaters. The orders had not come from on high to stay home. So, the toilet paper uh, the was numbers still easily weekend, available. <laughs> yes, toilet paper was still easy. It was just a different world to be living in. So, we're really gonna, we're really gonna be, uh, we're really gonna be analyzing these over the next week. Yeah, and seeing you know what 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 the new dates and new schedules are like for everybody. On that note, as well, um, the show Superman and Lois, which is the the upcoming spinoff of what Supergirl, right? Um, is actually the series is going straight to a production. Um, Rather, I think they were already ordered to production, but I think they're going to just shoot all the episodes after this delay for making TV shows is done. Um, up in probably what Vancouver is that where they're filming these? My yeah, it's TV usually shows? either Vancouver or Atlanta, wherever the the tax breaks uh, will will let them go. Uh, but all right, series straight to production uh, after the delay. So um, that means they'll be hitting the ground hard. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So there's there's that that for us. But on the other side of the CW show, a show that's already been filmed, Star Girl. Uh, we got a new trailer for it this week, uh, talking about Destiny, and we were we watching this, and you know this is a, a fun little little trailer. I think the the coolest thing is you know uh, the both Wilson brothers are diving into DC streaming shows right now. Uh-huh. We have uh, Luke Wilson in this playing. The robot piloting um, stepfather to Stargirl, and then Owen Wilson's over in Loki. Um, but uh, this show, again, is, is confirming it's coming out May 11th on DC Universe, and then May 12th for free. Yeah, this uh, yeah this whole uh, this whole next day thing uh, has been really in the the front of my brain recently because if you're a subscriber to uh, Hulu out there, since now Disney is the is the the main controller of Hulu and Disney now also owns Fox, which means they own FX. They just dropped a whole bunch of FX shows on Hulu, which has been great. Um, because now I can finally watch like the most recent season of Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, I don't have to wait any longer to see the last season of Archer. Uh, but there's been new shows that are now premiering, and they're available the next day on Hulu, which is kind of how old-school Hulu used to be. That's how a lot of stuff was, is you just wait the next day, and then you get to watch it. So kind of doing the similar thing out there. So it, may, it kind of gives me an idea of maybe how um, HBO Max might be dealing with things moving forward. Um, yeah, you might have to watch them. You might have to watch something maybe broadcast first, but then maybe you can watch the most recent episode of The Flash next day on HBO Max. Uh, we'll have to yeah. see. Uh, have to see how that goes. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what I mean. Westworld. I mean, 
I think if you have HBO what Go, you can watch it the next day. And but you, if you don't have live, you, have, you can watch it live. But I think they'll merge them together. Oh no, HB, HBO itself is actually even better. Uh, okay. They make those stream files available the second it premieres. So um, I mean, that's one of the big reasons why I stopped uh, pirating a few years ago is because if I wanted to pirate Game of Thrones, I had to watch it an hour after it had aired. But if I just paid for it, if I paid for an HBO Now subscription, like what Game of Thrones, I think, aired, what, technically at like 9 p.m. Um, at 9 p.m., which was great because it was uh, 6 p.m. on the West Coast, they unlocked that basically digital file and I could stream it when everybody else was airing it. So I guess it just depends on what type of content it is, whether it starts at broadcast or whether it starts at streaming. But yeah, if I wanted to watch the premiere of Westworld, I could watch it whenever anybody who has a cable subscription was watching it. Yeah, uh, so I mean, Stargirl is going to be probably one of those things you can watch it live, and if you don't want to be spoiled, you can watch it live, or you can wait the next day on the CW. But um, I think this is one of the—is this the next Berlanti production coming out that we know of? Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, Batwoman's kind of been off to the races uh, for you know a few months now, so yeah, Stargirl's next. Perfect. Frozen Two has been moved up three months from its original Disney Plus debut till this weekend. Uh, due to the the virus, so conspiracy theory hat, putting it on right now, Chris. It makes me wonder if it was always going to be like this, or now is the coronavirus the veil of which they put on to make it look like that they're doing everybody a good deed, putting it out there for everybody. Because that was kind of the big question that everybody was asking, right? With with Disney Plus out there in the world. Uh, and they they were really leaning into this. Bob Iger, Kevin Feige, everybody saying Disney Plus. This is a premium service. This isn't just a place where we're dumping stuff. You're gonna want this service. So when this was launched in November, what? Just maybe a week or two later, we got uh, Frozen Two premiering in theaters. So it was kind of the first Disney movie to come out in theaters after Disney Plus existed. So I was watching the release of it just to see how soon would it come to Disney Plus. How is Disney? Plus Plus going to be a premium for me? Am I going to be, be able to watch these movies at home sooner than I would if Disney Plus wasn't uh, a thing that existed in the world? So it makes me wonder, it could, this could have been maybe the plan all along because it was already released digitally and on Blu-ray. So maybe they have these... Um, Maybe they have these statistics, they have these sheets of data that said, all right, well, we've already captured the majority of the people that want to own this physically, so now let's just drop it on Disney Plus so we can get some subscribers. We've already recouped our physical sales. Or is this possibly uh, is this possibly goodwill? Uh, did they want to try to like make everybody feel better because they're closing it, all of the theme parks? Is it a mixture of both? Yeah, I mean that could that very I, well could be true. I think it's a boat. I don't think it's a conspiracy that this was always going to be the plan. But they're like, you know what? People who own this have already bought it on digital, right? They have those numbers pretty immediately. Mm-hmm. But this movie came out. I mean, for you know all intents and purposes, November twenty second, which is you know we're coming up on March twenty second. So four months. I mean, one month of digital release i mean you can rent it for five bucks or you can just spend that money and get a month of disney plus right yeah uh, but if they're like again uh, my wife's a teacher her school is closed for three weeks um if these kids are home or these kids are at smaller daycare areas this disney's a fucking like they're, they're the best in their eyes they're <laughs> like hey they give us something to do but also i'm i mean i went to target the other day to buy some um uh, I bought a video game. You had to kill some time. And you know what I saw the most of everywhere, Mike? 
frozen merchandise. <laughs> merchandise, merchandise. You will see frozen toys for the rest of your life. Even last week, I'm pretty sure you opened our show by singing the <laughs> new frozen song, the new Let It Go. Um, which is still, I think, funny when Olaf tries to sing it and he's just yelling out of tune, out of key in that, that show. But I, I think, uh, I think it's a mixture of both. I don't think it's, um, a, I don't think it's a conspiracy that it's that everything's going to be moved up four months and it's on Disney Plus. Yeah. But at the same time, if they think they've already milked the Frozen Two people for yeah. what it's I mean, worth, why couldn't they move it up and yeah, they can't we, hear some we, good faith? Yeah, we're we're in we're not in hermetically sealed times right now. Like you said, um, Star Wars re- was released early too, so we're in we, we, the the data cannot be uh, separated from the pandemic that's happening right now. So I still have my binoculars strapped around my neck. You know, I will keep uh, I will keep looking through them into the future to see if these release dates start to get shorter and shorter and shorter. Because I'm really curious. I wouldn't be surprised if they get 85 percent of their physical sales within the first second that the movie drops just from people that have already pre-ordered it on itunes pre-ordered it on amazon pre-ordered it at their local best buy i just feel like all of these sales have just already happened and they're just like well it's just uh it's just a a sloping down line of revenue when it comes to physical stuff so we might as well try to get um you know new subscribers out of it yeah they've got a lot i think a lot of people in frozen 2 are already subscribers um in, in my head, but I, the the release time every like two years they they shave a month off of release dates because remember I don't remember Infinity War came out six months on physical after it came out in theaters from release day uh-huh. and this is four months so I mean I, I think it's gonna keep getting shorter as we you know uh, you know as we you know remove those uh, barriers uh-huh. to entry if you will but um, yeah I, I think we're kind of at peak for like two years now. Four months to, to, to streaming um, from release, so cross your fingers. But, Mike, normally I'm, I tell you to take off those binoculars, right? But now I want you to share these binoculars with <laughs> We had a Black Widow trailer that, that got yes, lost very early on in this week, um, and we got finally got to watch it. And what was cool about this trailer, Mike, and I think you agree, this is the best trailer for this movie. Yeah. This makes the movie feel a little bit more grounded. It makes it feel a little bit more like a Jason Bourne movie, like a Mission Impossible movie, you know, maybe even like a, a James Bond movie. So it just mm-hmm. – everything feels a little bit more intimate but feels a little bit more seedy. Um, it seems like spy movies always feel like more spy-y when they happen like somewhere over in like Europe. There's like this really – there's this really like small scene uh, where just somebody's opening like a um, like uh, like a pantry from probably some sort of like random house out in a village somewhere, and just inside of the pantry, I think there's guns, yeah. and it's just like yeah, this just 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 feels like very uh, spy movie esque to me. Yeah, it's very Eastern European. I think there's mm-hmm. also you know we've seen in other trailers well, where her and um, uh, Natasha and Yelena are talking like this. It looks like a single floor. Um, you know, Italian, like something in Italy or something in you know, you know, yeah, one of those some, countries. Yeah, some sort of like uh, apartment in like Paris. And, and where that's like exactly every... <laughs> what Jason Bourne was in in most yep. of his movies. So, but it's a good, it's a good feeling, right? I like, yeah. I like the, I like the, the well, setting. So, and far. then we get to see more of Taskmaster's cool stuff. He had the Black Panther claws on his gloves. He he did mm-hmm. the he did Wakanda Forever, and the claws came out. And then in, in the middle of this fight with Red Guardian, he does the, the kick that Spider-Man does where he kicks him on the chest, backflips into a three-point pose. 
Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, w- well, that's pretty cool. I'm, yeah, I'm really looking forward to uh, how they uh, explain how he got all of his info. Like, the easiest way to do it is he's just on YouTube and <laughs> just well, watching videos and he's adjusting it. But I like the idea of um, maybe – I don't I – don't, I don't actually want to see him at the airport in Civil War in the background somewhere and we see like a reverse shot of, oh, he was there the whole time. It doesn't necessarily have to be that. But I like the idea of maybe we see Taskmaster show up at that airport maybe weeks later and he breaks in and he steals the security footage. I think that could be cool. Well, you saw in this trailer, you see him watching the Iron Man 2 fight with Black Widow that she does. Like he's literally watching it on a large screen in front of him. Mm -hmm. So, I mean... You're, you're pretty much correct. That's what he's doing, is watching all this stuff. And I think someone is feeding him this information. And, you know, again, take my, put my conspiracy hat. I showed Mike some photos from this trailer, right? Uh-huh. AIM is in one of these photos. The, 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 the technology organization created by Aldrich Killing in Iron Man 3 uh, is very much involved with what looks to be a facial, facial removal of Yelena. In one uh, of these the, scenes. The, the best part about all this is when Chris is sending me the screenshots and he's just like, now watch me zoom and enhance. Here's the screenshot. Now I'm sending you another one, Mike. Now now what I've done here is I flipped it and I've brightened it. Now I want you to look on the screen here. What do you see? What are those letters? <laughs> it's just really great. You're you're really getting into it. Yeah, exactly. And um, it's, it's really fun because, you know, again, like my mind's going crazy. Is AIM, you know, the one feeding Taskmaster? Because it looks like his... His um, visor, you know, is is Iron Man based. That's his uh-huh. Iron Man tech, and he might be recording the fights, and the computer is giving him this information. Um, or is Taskmaster Yelena? I you never see them in the same scene. Yeah, that that that's a we got a whole lot going on here. So first <laughs> of all, face off. If anybody remembers that movie, that movie is absolutely ridiculous. Balls to the wall. It's <laughs> it's John Travolta, high high octane yep. face skin removal, and it's just so weird and bizarre. Only a really campy movie like Face Off could pull off literally removing skin on somebody and swapping it with another person. So it makes me wonder if they're gonna pull something like that off in this movie. Movie, they got to have a little bit more tact to it just because the MCU is, is a, obviously they have like the funny one off like a Marvel banter, but like you got to take things like like face removal a little bit more seriously than a Nicolas Cage movie uh, with John Travolta, a Scientologist in it. So yeah, it does make me wonder like has there been skin removal previous in this story arc and we're just told about it so it's been really built up and then she's finally on a table and she has the sharpie marks on her face so we think it's about to happen and then somebody swoops in and save her so we never actually see skin being peeled but yes a big question is if this is supposedly the final trailer uh, Taskmaster has not been um, has not been revealed to sell more tickets, so that's not a gimmick that they were waiting for the final trailer for. So it really makes me wonder: there's going to be a reveal here. What is it going to be? And is this movie even going to come out? Because it's coming out May first, as we've I think April twenty fourth offici- actually. So it's a little oh, sooner. So, oh, so I mean, the the status of it right now is that it's still coming out, but who knows? Things are still developing. We still might not get a chance to 
to see this movie when it comes out. But um, I, I forgot to mention this before when we were talking about the New Mutants being delayed. We were trying to figure it out internally how we were going to review it because I was actually going to be out of town that weekend when the movie came out, and I might not be around to review it. Chris may have had to bring in a, a, um, a ringer to replace me, but uh, the movie's been delayed, so I don't have to worry about it right now. But who knows? I might not even be going out of town now uh, doing the, the foreseen circumstances. So uh, everything is in flux. You can't you can't schedule anything anymore. We don't even know where we're going, Mike, yep. at this point. But even though Loki has stopped filming, I do have some casting news for Loki on top of all this. Okay. Shifting gears a little bit. Richard E. Grant was cast in this film. Are you familiar with this guy with, you know, the, he, he looks like a, if, if the guy who played Tarkin was still alive, this guy could yeah. be a shoe in for Tarkin. I mean, he, he definitely has a familiar face. He, you know, if you, if you were looking at him, it's like, Oh, he's probably been like a, in a, he's been a, like a bad guy in something that I've watched or like mm-hmm. somebody's boss. Uh, yeah, he has a well, familiar face. Well, exactly. He was in rise of Skywalker. He's the guy who shot general Hux. Um, oh, okay. And that, and I'm pretty sure he was the bad guy in Logan, if you remember. Uh, he was the guy who was collecting all the blood from all the uh, the mutants. Mm, yeah, yep. that's why he looks like a bad guy. Yeah, he's he's very <laughs> much a bad guy all the time. Uh, so um, he he is uh, he has been cast in Loki. Uh, rumor is that he could be Kang. If you're going to imagine a, a version of Kang. Yeah, I could see that. We here at the podcast, we love Kang because yeah. we love Earth's Mightiest Heroes, which is streaming now on Disney Plus. So go watch that if you're being quarantined and get uh get up to date with a little bit of Kang knowledge. But man, Kang, I, I I'm so excited if we were actually getting Kang and Loki. Yeah, exactly. And this guy looks he could he could totally fill that part as like some you know monologuing villain who thinks he's doing the right thing by changing time his favor. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can see it, but uh, Richard E. Grant, you know, uh, notorious um, cast as bad guy actor, going to be <laughs> in in Loki as well. Um, next year, if we ever get there uh, at this rate, <laughs> um, Spider Man Three uh, will be coming out. Um, the third Spider Man in the Marvel MCU trilogy, uh, and filming starts in July uh, in Atlanta this year. Um, and which, Atlanta, where they've all filmed, so no speculation here about the Atlanta skyline or if Spider-Man's going to be on a class trip to Atlanta. It, everything's filmed in a giant yeah. hangar down there anyway. There's well, there's hardly ever real sets anymore. My favorite meme so far is the uh, for this uh, the quarantine. It's Spider-Man work from home is the, the next <laughs> oh, movie title. That's a that's a good one. I like that. Yeah, it's pretty good. So what what's crazy about Spider-Man in three three to me, Mike? We hear when someone has joined to write a movie or the movie script is complete or, mm-hmm. you know, all the time. I've not heard a single thing about Spider-Man. Like, That's this true. thing just we have pops it. up and it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, we're filming in July. I'm like, I hope they have a good story. <laughs> I hope they have a good cast. Who's it going to be? Is this the Craven movie we're getting? Is this Green Goblin again for the third time? I, I don't know what's happening. Please give us something good out of the Spider-Man mm-hmm. movie. And every time, they've been pretty good, Mike. Like even you know, Far From Home had a great Mysterio, mm-hmm. um, Homecoming. You know that was your favorite great movie. Great Vulture, you? yeah. Yep. So uh, and and what what are we gonna get? Is is the Scorpion gonna come back from Homecoming? That seems to be that actor seems to be on Twitter quite a bit posting a Scorpion emoji. <laughs> so I don't know if that's like uh, hey cast me, hey don't forget I'm here or, or what, but. But in other Spider-Man news, that's equally and oppositely as bad, um, the Spider-Man spinoff movie we talked about a couple weeks ago has gotten Amazing Spider-Man 2 writer Robert Orsi 
uh, who also is known for writing Fringe, which people like, um, but not Amazing Spider-Man 2, people don't like, um, to write it. So, I, 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 you know, I'll be nice here and I won't hold too much against it because when it comes to writing and like feature film, you know, you never know what's going to happen to that script once they're actually done being paid to write it and then it goes into executive producers' hands, you know, goes into directors' hands. Um, it, you just never know how many rewrites it's going to have, how many people were paid to rewrite it that don't get, you know, credited, where all the punch up comes from. There's just so many cooks into the kitchen when it comes to, um, when it comes to, a, a, a film story. Now, like you said, people liked Fringe. Fringe is a television show, very mm-hmm. much a writer's medium, where there are indeed notes from studio heads. But you know, if you can't just rewrite a whole, you, you know, script like every single week, you know, it could happen every once in a while. But it's more of a writer-driven show. So even though I'm not a big fan of the Amazing Spider-Man 2's story at all, I'm gonna go ahead and chalk it up just to the movie machine. So I'll give him a pass, and uh, my my caution flag is not being raised right now. Mine is horribly raised. I think Amazing <laughs> Spider-Man Two um, tried to do too much. Uh, we had a Green Goblin and a, an Electro as the villains. The Electro was not believable at all. And then, do you not remember the end scene where they're like, "Here's like the frozen head of your dad who died," and all these other. Stupid oh, I, I, re- I remember all of it, but who do we blame? Do we possibly blame Mark Webb, who's the director that makes that sets the tone for all this movie? The writer definitely did not show up on scene and tell um, and tell Jamie Fox to act like that. Well, that was either Jamie Fox's decision or it was the director's decision. So all I'm saying is there's a lot of steps steps in between the script and what gets onto the camera. Well, so that's that. The only reason that's why I'm saying just the caution flag is not raised. I'm not saying I don't own the caution flag still i'm looking at it it's on the ground right now i could uh-huh. grab it if i want it to it's just not being raised did, at the moment <laughs> did you like transformers revenge of the fallen uh i don't think i ever yep. saw it <laughs> the second star trek movie into darkness where it wasn't con but it totally it, was con it, it wasn't that bad but the I mummy from 2017 with tom cruise well, well i didn't watch that yeah no. exactly okay this guy sucks uh, <laughs> i'm just gonna be honest with with everybody i'm not i'm gonna show my cards early but, you know, again, how much of the... I, I think Sony is a studio interference. Like, any movie they do is studio interference through and through. Will they interfere or will they take a Marvel approach? Is, is you know, what what will they do here and, and what will they... What will we see? So, I mean, we'll, we'll have to play this one by ear, but damn, that doesn't give me any hope at all. <laughs> this is strange. Usually I'm the alarmist and you're the one talking me down from the edge. Yeah, no, I'm I'm, I'm so on the edge on this one. <laughs> do Maybe you have a Spider-Man temperature? Just... Are you are you coughing? What symptoms do you have it's, right now, Chris? Spider- Amazing Spider-Man 2 just sucks so hard. Man. <laughs> in, it came out in the middle of the Winter Soldier and Guardians of the Galaxy and I'm like, mm-hmm. this isn't helping this case anymore either. So, either way, yeah. We can we can look forward to maybe visiting Avengers Campus when if it ever opens as well. <laughs> uh, July eighteenth at Disneyland in California. Um, Kevin Feige calls it the next progression in Marvel storytelling, which does not make it the MCU. He's just the head of Marvel now, so he has to say that. <laughs> um, but there are five addresses they said: the Avengers location, the Spider Man location, the Ant Man location, which I believe is the eatery. Uh, a Doctor Strange location and the Guardians of the Galaxy, which I believe is already there with the old Tower of Terror. Right. Yeah, they released a lot of uh, concept art uh, when it ca- when this announcement came out earlier this week. You know, and then obviously it got covered up by all of the uh, world news that happened. But 
I don't know. I'm not as plussed on this as I wanted to be just because a lot of the things that they're doing, the reason why all of this stuff could possibly come in July is because they're not really doing anything gigantic. You know, they're not building a galaxy's edge where they have to build these giant mountain rock faces that block out the view of the rest of Anaheim in the real world. They don't have to kind of create all of this stuff from the ground up, make these huge giant rides. Really, the only additional ride I believe that we're getting is a Spider-Man ride, which it seems to be a very much on-rails type of situation where you're... It sounds cool. You're supposed to apparently be able to shoot webs from your hands, and all you have to do is wear 3D glasses. So I don't know what's going on here. There's There could be some really crazy imagineering happen with mm-hmm. like eye tracking and tracking each of the ride well, person's hands. So I, I'm really curious how that's going to happen. Have you done the Toy Story ride um, where you shoot the balls and, and the hoops and the stuff? Um, What's that called? I've, Toy Story I've Mania? Di- no, I haven't done Toy Story Mania, but I've done the Buzz Lightyear it's, one, which it's is the a same bit thing. more analog. I, it's the same thing. I'm pretty sure it's the same exact thing, um, but this is going to be more of a, hey, we don't have to have the gun on the thing. We've now, technology is fast forwarded 20 years and we can just put something on your wrist that makes yeah. you look like you're swinging webs. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm sure it'll be a fun ride, but it's not really adding a whole lot to Disney California Adventure, where this is coming from. Some of the other stuff looks cool, like the Ant-Man food thing. I was looking at the concept art. Looks like there's some fun things happening while you're waiting in line. Like, there's, like, a line of pretzels that are being, like, uh, carted along the ceiling, and then it goes through, like, um, it goes through, like, some sort of, like, pim particle machine, and then they become big, giant soft pretzels. And then if you actually buy the soft pretzel, there's one of those, like, little discs of that that Ant-Man throws around that's like wedged in it so you have like this little collectible to go with it so there's lots of really fun stuff here but um, just I guess people I would say don't get too excited if you're visiting the park this isn't going to be a Galaxy's Edge style of experience this is going to be a little bit smaller but I'm guessing it's better than nothing and then of course they can iterate iterate on it in the future which is kind of what they've done with Galaxy's Edge the newest, um, the newest big ride uh, just opened up a few weeks ago. Um, I talked to somebody that went to it. It was incredibly long wait. They 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 arrived at like eight a.m. in the morning and they didn't get a chance to ride it until like eleven p.m. at night, which they had to make advanced like uh, they had to make like advanced um, uh, exemptions for people to be in the park later to ride the ride. But I didn't know this. The ride is twenty minutes long. It's like a twenty minute adventure that you're in. This ain't no roller coaster that happens for like. 90 seconds or you know some sort of flight experience that's like two minutes long it's like a 20 minute ride and they yeah. said it was really cool and i told them not to spoil it for me but they they said they they kind of they kind of explained it they said there's lots of like live casts that that are in the ride so it kind of reminds me of maybe like a like a, um a haunted house-esque experience where you're not necessarily being scared but as you move throughout the ride there's different people posted doing different roles so uh-huh. Um, yeah, lots I, of shit happening at Disneyland, but it's just not I, open right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm on the other end. Like, I think this is bigger than Star Wars. Like, Star Wars is, is an experience, but until they get their hotel done, I don't think I think this is actually bigger because it only has two rides, right? The Falcon ride and the one you talked about. Like, what else? Yeah, is, I mean, and then you can build a lightsaber, which you know I'm thinking about taking a day and going and building a lightsaber. But like, what else does Star Wars offer that you know Marvel doesn't? Marvel's got four things. I know one of them's an eatery, but you know, um, I, I, I guess maybe it's because I think there's more there. They have 16 heroes on hand every day to meet and pose for pictures. 
do they have that for Star Wars? I mean, I know they have the like the the yeah Kylo they, they, Ren thing and whatever, yeah they but. they do the same thing over at Star Wars. They, yeah, they they really uh, uh, put a lot of cast members out there and have them uh, roaming around. I'm not yeah I'm not trying to hate on it for sure, but to me it seems slightly smaller. But I'm still gonna go. I'm still gonna yeah. love it. It's gonna be great. I'm really curious what this spider bot is supposed to be that like flies through the air that looks like yeah. Spider Man swinging. I really want to know what that looks like and how they accomplish it. Um, you can build like like you can build uh, lightsabers in Star Wars land. You're supposed to be able to like um, purchase like an RC like spider bot in the in the land, and the spider bots kind of look cool. They kind of look similar, like they have like some sort of Iron Man tech esque aesthetic to them. So yeah, um, there'll be lots money. of wa- yeah, there'll be lots of ways to spend your money over there. Yeah, sign me up. I'm gonna I want to check that out. I'll never go to Florida, so I will have to come out to California, Mike. <laughs> Uh, lastly, we talked about this at the beginning. Westworld season three is on uh, tonight, Sunday night. So yeah. if you're looking for a new show and you haven't caught up, I mean, I'm a big fan of Westworld. It's one of my favorite things to watch on HBO. And um, we haven't had anything really new to mind blowing. I've been watching Picard, and that's only got two episodes left. So Westworld's something you know, to really get the, uh, the the conspiracy theory juices flowing, Mike, because they <laughs> they will throw you for a loop in this show, and you know it. So, um, you, you plan on catching up on season two, you said, maybe? Well, it sounds like I got the time, Chris. Well, you got the time. Now, now you just need the HBO. Yep. You probably have that already, too. Yep. <laughs> there we go. Well, that's it for the, the, the news this week. We somehow managed to make a longer episode than usual out of less news than usual. Mike, we are magical podcast hosts, I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, when you got a pandemic to talk about, you can fill time, that's we, for sure. We spent more time talking about things canceled than things actually happening, so that's <laughs> yep. always fun. Uh, but if people want to know what you're up to, how you're spending your free time, and how you're uh, you're getting about, how can people find you? Well, they can follow me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram and Twitter, and you can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, if people want to catch up with you, see how you're surviving the pandemic, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram, Valdan87, or over on Twitter, Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N. Hit me up on there. I'll be... I, I don't... I don't think I'm going to be as quarantined as everybody else, sadly, but I'm going to still be using this time to, uh, I don't know, spring's here, maybe watch new things, learn a new trick or two. I I can't tell you. Uh, But uh, you can also head over to Comic UI. I think um, you don't even know this yet, Mike. I'm actually redoing that a little bit. I'm going to be picking that back up uh, in the future. So uh, because I am just... I need a hobby, man. I need a hobby <laughs> band. Uh, so, uh, yeah, you can do that. If people want to know what we're up to, what we're doing, um, I guess we'll have to I'll have to update our upcoming release schedules once they give us new dates uh, for our next review episode. But uh, when can people find more of us at? Well, all you got to do is visit SuperheroSlate.com. That is the best place to find all the avenues we host our show and to get our awesome show notes. So if you want a list of all those cancellations, please hit up our show notes. You can see them there. Uh, we got links to that new Black Widow trailer. Uh, you got to check that out because Chris has conspiracy theories, so you're going to want to go ahead and yes. pause and go through that trailer. What is it? The It's the comma and the period on the keyboard that lets you go frame by frame on YouTube? If you have the plug-in installed, yes. I don't. I actually don't even think you need a, a plugin. Actually, um, I think that might be native now to YouTube. So if you need to go frame by frame, give that a shot and tell Chris if he's crazy or if you agree with him. So you can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, wherever else you like to listen to find podcasts. You can get us there. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And we got merch over at superheroslate.com slash store. Uh, we love hearing from you. What are some of your uh, pandemic tips and tricks that you'd like us to share on the show with our listeners? Uh, let us know. We'll share those for sure. And if you want to be a super fan of this show, 
all you got to do is wash your freaking hands. Wash your hands, and we will consider you a super fan of the show. You got to do it for the appropriate 20 seconds, though. If you're not doing it for 20 seconds, you're not doing it right. So wash your hands, uh, stay subscribed, and we'll be back next week. Yes, we will. I also did confirm it is common period. Mike is correct. It's spoken right. natively. We will see you guys next week. All right. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. I love the way that you're describing drinking it because I'm sure it sounds like the opposite of everything I've known about sake.